We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. There are CAFOs with, um, I wish I was making this up, 1,500 to 20,000 milk cows. Uh, a million laying hens, as many as almost 200,000 per building in aviary systems stacked stacked up floor to ceiling, uh, not going outdoors. I, they've, they've just kind of betrayed our values. Some certifiers would never certify those because they're not organic. And if you read the language in the law, they don't comply. There's others that are more than happy to take the money from the big food players, which are mostly conventional businesses, and uh, and bless them with the organic seal. So we're trying to do two things, ferret out the uh, uh, disingenuous labeling, mislabeling of um, livestock products like that, and then also address fraud because uh, most organic farmers are very honest and voluntarily honest. Uh, when we catch the fraud, it's not the USDA catching the fraud, it's investigators like me uh, and, and uh, that really places honest farmers at a competitive disadvantage and obviously um, defrauds consumers. So we won't stand for that. Hi, welcome to Beyond Labels. I'm Dr. Stina McCullough here with my favorite co-host, Joel Salatin. Today, we have an action-packed show for everybody. We have with us the one and only Mark Castell. He is the founder and executive director of Organic Eye, which is an organic industry watchdog. They have done some amazing things. If you haven't checked them out, um, go, go to their website after this podcast. We'll put the link in the description box. 
Um, we're lucky to have them as our watchdogs. He's going to share with us today some of their investigations that have happened. We're going to talk about potential corruption in the organic label, how consumers may be getting duped by their label. Um, but first, a little about Mark. He spent most of his professional life advocating for farm uh, family farms and working to ensure the integrity of organics. He actually spent his early career working for agribusiness giants, but he made a paradigm shift to organic agriculture in the early 1980s after suffering a debilitating illness. His adherence to an exclusively organic diet was instrumental in restoring and maintaining his good health. Um, he actually has started um, his own industry-related consultancy. He is president of M.A. Castile & Associates. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for today's show, and I think we have a lot to cover, so I'm going to jump right in. Some of our listeners may not already be aware of how organic food is actually certified. So before we jump into potential corruption, you know, misleading labels, let's start there. Does the USDA certify organic foods? Is it independent certifiers? Or walk us through that process, please. Back in the 1980s, when uh, we didn't found uh, the organic farming movement, but we certainly helped commercialize it, uh, there, were, there was kind of this Byzantine network of independent certifiers and none of them recognized each other's standards. Um, it was really hard to do products where you had a combined ingredients. And in California, um, they had a state statute. You could nuke the ground one year with herbicides, be organic the next, and then uh, rotate herbicides back and forth. So uh, silly folks like me who were burning gasoline or diesel fuel to cu uh, cultivate or hiring people with a hoe, uh, uh, we couldn't compete with that. So we actually asked the Congress to enshrine a law, enshrine the USDA's responsibility. Uh, you know the saying, be careful what you ask for, you might actually get it. <laughs> and uh, so they harmonize, the theory that they would harmonize the standards. So the USDA does not inspect any farms. They don't certify any farms. They basically certify the certifiers. It's an accreditation system. There are over 40 certifiers just in the U.S., let alone ones that are operating internationally. And they range quite a bit, so this harmonization never worked. So some of them inter uh, certify corporate agribusinesses uh, growing, quote, organic produce in sealed greenhouses uh, hydroponically, not in rich soil that imparts a diverse microbiome and uh, nutritional density, but in liquid fertilizer solutions in a hydroponic greenhouse, or there are some certifiers that will uh, certify just the opposite kind of operation that uh, uh, Mr. Joel Salton runs. And uh, so there are CAFOs with, um, I wish I was making this up, 1,500 to 20,000 milk cows, uh, a million laying hens, as many as almost 200,000 per building, in aviary systems stacked stacked up floor to ceiling, uh, not going outdoors. I, they've they've just kind of betrayed our values. There are other certifiers, well, I, I can't remember where I left off, but some certifiers would never certify those because they're not organic. And if you read the language in the law, they don't comply. There's others that are more 
than happy to take the money from the big food players, which are mostly conventional businesses, and uh, and bless them with the organic seal. So we're trying to do two things, ferret out the um, uh, disingenuous labeling, mislabeling of um, livestock products like that, and then also address fraud because uh, most organic farmers are very honest and voluntarily honest. Uh, when we catch the fraud, it's not the USDA catching the fraud, it's investigators like me. Uh, and and uh, that really places honest farmers at a competitive disadvantage and obviously um, defrauds consumers. So we won't stand for that. Yeah, wait, yeah so you you're know, saying- Mark- Mark, as someone who was involved in those early days, I was, I sat on the very first certification committee in Virginia when the Virginia Association of Biological Farmers uh, jumped into that, that uh, uh, position. And when San- Senator Patrick Leahy, I think I'm right on that, was the uh, proponent of the National Organic Programs Act uh, back at that time, I mean, that act actually uses the, uses term like soil it, it the vision the vision of that was a was a labeling um a labeling standard that would create um you know create consistency among all these various you know certifying agencies so that when i went to the store and bought organic i would know that it came up to a certain minimum standard uh regardless of whether it was california organic oregon tilth uh, Virginia Biological Farming, Carolina Farm Stewardship, or you know whatever the agents, whatever the, the <laughs> primary, primarily nonprofit, primarily uh, what they were, um, and and as you have so um, um, eloquently explained, what what started with a lot of um, enthusiasm and sincerity in the uh, in in the organic uh, uh, organic sphere. Um, gradually has has eroded through the corporatization, if you will, the corporatization of of not only the uh, the fraternal revolving door between the USDA and industry, but 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 industry within the within the organic movement itself. It moved out of the individual farms uh, that 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 envisioned it originally. And uh, uh, I, I don't think you could correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anybody, when Senator Patrick Leahy put the bill in, I don't think anybody at that time would have thought that an outfit like Driscoll's would, 20 years later, be certifying uh, hydroponic strawberries. No, we, in fact, we just flew under the radar screen in the end of the 1980s before the Organic Foods Production Act was passed in 1990. Uh, it, it, incidentally, the USDA actually testified against passage of the bill. They didn't want it. Yeah. Why? Because of all the agribusinesses hated organics. As organic food was better, it must mean our food is bad. Let's kill it. And right. uh, then somewhere during the 90s, they decided we're not going to beat this thing. We might as well join them because consumers, eaters were smart enough to say, we don't really want uh, agrochemical residues and drugs and genetically engineered experiments on our children. Uh, and, and so they started buying up all the original brands. So today their lobbyists are all over this thing. We'll never fly under the radar again. 
And uh, so it's $60 billion. Money speaks very loudly. And in Washington, the lobbyists and the campaign contributions, whether it's in at the House Ag or the Senate Ag Committee or at the, in the halls of the USDA, they have a voice that's generally louder than ours. But I should just say that there's still an opportunity for consumers to really connect with the local food shed where they live, where they can buy a, a great percentage of their food. In many cases, year-round uh, produce, creative farmers that either greenhouses or hoop houses and extend the seasons. They can certainly buy all their milk, meat, and eggs uh, from local farmers who they'll meet and know. And in the 20 years I've been doing this uh, organic watchdogging, I have found virtually no fraud on a local basis. And, and these are the people who really understand soil stewardship and its relationship to nutrient density and, and in turn our health. And uh, so if you buy, it might be your local member owned food co-op or the farmer's market on Saturday or the farm store at the, at the farmer's uh, home and operation, it, your food might've been uh, harvested 10 hours ago rather than 10 days ago from California or Mexico. So it's flavor, nutrition, it's really unparalleled. Yeah, absolutely. And and so uh, I, I love the fact that you have just pointed out that you have found very little fraud uh, at, at the local level and at the individual farm level. Um, you know, I remember in early discussions here in Virginia uh, regarding you know, uh, certification. I was a little bit of a maverick. I, I wasn't too, I, I envisioned, I was concerned about what I, you know, what, what has actually happened uh, at the early days. But I, I said, you know, if we're going to certify something, let's go certify what the guy's reading uh, on his, uh, uh, by his toilet magazine rack, uh, you know, because, because what we were actually trying to, we we're actually trying to certify, we, we were trying to certify a, a thought process, a, an ideology, a paradigm, a worldview, and and as this as as you've described so uh, beautifully as the as the corporatism uh, came in in the '90s when they decided to kind of j let, let's join them and not fight them, suddenly suddenly the movement was inundated by people who were coming for financial interests, not philosophical and and paradigmatic interests, and, and so so that was a huge change in the organic movement. Well, Joel, as long as we had, by the way, you go upstairs to the bathroom, you'll find Acres USA and some other periodicals <laughs> that you'll be familiar with and you might read if you want to trade or anything. Um, M.A. Castone Associates uh, went out of business 20 years ago when I uh, started doing the organic watchdog work. So I don't have a relationship financially with with the corporate sector. Uh, but I take that knowledge, that that industry knowledge and the farming knowledge and combine that to be a good private, well, not a private eye, a public eye. But um, in terms of people coming for the money, I do not fault farmers for that. One of the reasons that we founded this movement was that we were just hemorrhaging farmers off the land. It, you know, if, uh, if Earl Butts, the USDA secretary during the Nixon administration, didn't coin, uh, didn't originate the term, he coined or popularized the term, get big or get out. Right. And so- you know, I, after a certain scale, you can't do this kind of um, a curation of soil and animals. And so we wanted 
family scale farmers to make an honest living. So I've seen many times over the years, people come for the money, but if there's the right oversight between let's say who they're um, selling to like an organic value, which is a cooperative, or there's a great one in Shenandoah Valley in Virginia uh, and the certifiers doing their job and the USDA is doing their job. Even if their motivation is profit, they have to toe the line and, but but so often, Joel, I get people came in, they were career agriculturalists, multi-generational farmers, and they were going to lose their farm, and they convinced the rest of their family, I've done the research, we should be organic, and they become true believers. They see their an- the animal health. They, I have dairy farmers say, uh, geez, we used to have a vet on our farm every week. I haven't seen one uh, for... Uh, six months and that was for a prolapse after birth and so they take great pride in what they've learned and usually it's from other farmers it's a real peer-to-peer education i know you've been personally hands-on involved in that thank you for joining us on beyond labels our mission with this podcast is to make it accessible to everyone but we are behind a paywall because the issues we discuss are often subject to censorship we've run into that And so we have an extremely modest paywall to let us have the freedom to discuss the kind of issues we want to discuss in the way we want to discuss them. And you can become a member and enjoy all this content by clicking on the description box below. We look forward to having you join our family.